Life from the Well is sponsored by Scratch Distillery. Located in Edmonds, Washington, Scratch Distillery crafts delicious spirits from scratch. Every batch is made by hand from local non-GMO organic grains. Head on over to Edmonds and taste the natural, delicious flavors for yourself. If you have an itch for a cocktail, go scratch it. Welcome to Life from the Well. We're here to share our perspectives with stories from the service industry. I'm your bartender, Joey. Enjoy the show. This episode from Life from the Well is served handcrafted by Barfly Mixology Gear, a line of essential tools for mixologists. Hey guys, um, joining us today is a good friend of mine, Michael Bohannon. He's a bartender down in Portland, Oregon, um, and he's he's joining us on the show today. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. <laughs> uh, we always like to start the show off with a shot. So cheers to you, my friend. Good beginnings. <sighs> mm-hmm. Feels good. Do it again. Uh, yeah. All right. Ready to go. Yeah. Like, like start something back there. That's mm-hmm. fun. All right. Let's get started. <clears throat> yeah. So f- fun fact about Michael is uh, he's actually the first time. This is the first time we've had a sibling of another pr- guest that we've had on the show on the show. Um, Michael's sister is Karen, who did a previous episode with us, um, probably about, what was that, last summer or something? Yeah, I think so. Um, so, cool. It was fun. It's a fam- turning into a whole family thing. <laughs> family affair. I like it. Um, so, Karen was more on the hair side, but Michael, you have the food experience working with, mm-hmm. uh, working with the general public, a little more similar to my perspective, honestly, so. Yep. This, this is fun. Um, so what kind of, what got you into the uh, service industry? Um, well, I had been a barista for probably about seven years and um, started making cocktails at home, really enjoyed it. Um, realized bartenders make more money. So <laughs> um, uh, I went to my local usual spot, um, asked if they were hiring. They had a door position open. So I worked door security for about a year. Then uh started bar backing, working at the beer bar, and then eventually made it up to cocktailing. And nice. yeah, really enjoy it. Been bartending for about four years now. Nice. Right on, man. That's cool. Yeah. You really earned your stripes through the through the whole yeah, my way up. I love it. That's mm-hmm. that's usually how you find the best bartenders are the ones that have done all the other jobs because they you know they just end up at sitting at the top because they're good at everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it helps to uh, to know all the positions and, you know, makes for better managers, leaders, because, you know, you have a better understanding. Totally. Yeah. I like it. I always think that the bartender is kind of the glue of the restaurant anyways, because when you're not making drinks, you know, you're running drinks out to people or you're, you know, I feel like there's, there's always like a hundred things that kind of fall to you because most of the time everybody else gets sent home and you're still the one that's left because people always want alcohol. They always want booze. <laughs> Except for right now. I mean, yeah, they, still want oh, booze, they want it. They just can't yeah. have it. Yeah. <laughs> are they um so down in Oregon? Are, are they? Are you guys selling cock? Are they selling cocktails at the restaurants too? Or like? Not yet. Uh, there's some petitions going around to allow bars to sell cocktails to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, nothing solid or legal yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why. So it, I mean, that you heard that happened up here. Um, 
Like we okay. changed our, we changed our, uh, they made like a temporary amendments to the law. Um, and so people Good. are sending out like batched cocktails and, and, uh, restaurants are selling. So, I mean, even like with to go food, you can buy a bottle of wine from the restaurant, they bring the wine mm -hmm. or the beer and, or the beer with you, um, which previously wasn't, wasn't allowed at all. Um, that's so great. There, there are some kind of cool things that are coming out of this pandemic. Uh, you know, it's e e <clears throat> easing up on our, uh, on our liquor laws a little bit. Yes, that'll that'll be nice. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll see how. Well, I mean, we'll see in the long run, kind of the, the long term effect. But um, right now, it's kind of it's nice to see that that they're at least being flexible. And, and I, I've I've actually had a couple of friends that have gone back to work to um, start making drinks again to go. Um, so at least at the few restaurants that are still doing to go food in the city. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 something at least you know it's kind of nice. <clears throat> so um with ho holding all those different positions you, you think uh or what what do you think is the the best or what's your favorite what fits you the best oh bartending for sure yeah yeah just bars. um yeah uh i haven't had to serve much but it just didn't suit me mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah bartending fits well with you know the work i like to do yeah i was talking about that the other day on an episode we haven't aired yet about um how in the bar I like, I like how the bar versus serving tables where when you're at the tables, you have, you know, a couple minutes of interaction max over the whole evening mm -hmm. at the bar, you're, you know, having full conversations with the people throughout the whole night. And so, I mean, you really get to just have more of a, I think like a more of an intimate experience with people as a bartender, but you oh, just definitely. connect on a full different level, which is uh, a lot of fun. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I like getting to know the people I'm talking to. You know, I like hearing their stories, sharing my stories. Um, and like you were saying, you develop a more intimate connection. Mm -hmm. Totally. <clears throat> so so sad, or gratifying, I should say. It's one yeah. of those things that, like, I think, even money aside, that, that you walk away just feeling, like, whole after some of those things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I like that it's something that I find relatively simple to do and I'm good at. And it makes a big difference in someone's day um and that's what i get the most out of yeah that's awesome man i like that and how, how was the adjustment going uh changing your hours from from barista to bartender because that's pretty much awesome. uh, it worked pretty well <laughs> <laughs> waking up at 4 a.m is never easy <laughs> yeah yeah no kidding i've done that before i didn't i i never liked it and i was always looking for a way to stop doing it <laughs> yeah, uh, I like having work be the last thing I do in a day because um, like before work, I, you know, get my errands done, take my dog to the park, yeah. go to work and, you know, like closing the bar is a nice um, kind of cathartic wind down, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Once everybody's out and you can just kind of, you just, it's that kind of that Zen time. Yep. You just clean up and you have the music on, you don't have to talk really and just, and then you go home and you're, you're, you're already shut down mentally. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I, I, that's one thing I think I've always loved about bartending too is, is um, it gives you the, it gives you the ability to go out during the day, you know, and get out in the sunshine, especially in these prettier months, like right now. <laughs> I mean, now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Or, you know, just riding your bike to work is so much more fun at three o'clock in the afternoon than four o'clock in the morning. Definitely. <laughs> but then, you know, I ride home in the morning, four in the morning. Yeah, that's true. Fine. I don't, I'd, I'd ride home sometimes where I'd just throw my bike on the front of a bus, depending on how, uh, 
no. how, how stable I was on my feet. At the time. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Cool. So going through your survey, I was looking in the cocktails because we like to feature a cocktail every episode. Mm -hmm. Do you have um, the ingredients to make uh, Manhattan? Um, I am just shy of the uh, Luxardo or Bordeaux cherry. But other than that, I can make a Manhattan. I've got Luxardo. <laughs> <laughs> a little far away. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I could whip up a Manhattan. Um, Cool, let's do our little cocktail history here real quick. Um, we've done a variation on a Manhattan on the show before, um, but we didn't do the history on the actual Manhattan. We just did it as a drink I made, so we, I just talked about how cool I am. Yeah, naturally. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so this one's fun because the Manhattan is, uh, it's one of those old classic cocktails. You know, it's one of the ones that's been around forever. I think growing up or when I first started bartending, it was, it was kind of known as like your grandma's cocktail. Um, mm -hmm. But then, you know, the early, I mean, that was like, you know, a year before like the cocktail craze started swinging on real hard. And then people started stirring cocktails and really getting into the craft of it all again. Um, mm -hmm. And then I think, you know, it's, it's just such a good cocktail that we fell in love with it again as a culture. And it really, it resurfaced in a big way. And now there's, you know, you can't, I mean, you used to go into a bar, you know, in, in the late 90s or the 2000s, and if you ordered a Manhattan, you know, every other, every other bartender wouldn't even, you know, some someone didn't know how to make it. Yeah, they have to <laughs> ask the other bartender. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, or, you know, the one that's, like, been around for 30 years. <laughs> like, I remember when you made that lady ten, you know, a year ago. Um, but, you know, now it's it's just so common, and, and it's on, like, the tip of everybody's tongue. I feel like there's not a bartender out there who doesn't know how to make one or have their own variation of it, you know. Um, oh yeah, like on a like house cocktail menus, there's always like somebody's got a variation on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I love it. Yeah, and I mean it, it's just it's fun because it's a really simple drink, but you can just you know tweak here, tweak there, and it goes a million different directions. Mm -hmm. um, so it's cool because it's actually um, the, the the most popular story because with all of these drinks, we always have. Um, uh, contentious history <laughs> people are always there's always multiple claims to each recipe um, of course. this the one that I've heard I think the most through my life is the one that's on Wikipedia also and so I'm just gonna go with that one and it says that you know on the site that it's the uh, it's it's the, the most popular version of the story I'm sure there's plenty more out there yeah. but um, this one has the drink dated back to the mid 1870s mm. um, in uh the origin is manhattan club in new york city um it was invented by doctor by a doctor <laughs> whiskey was medicine back then yeah yeah absolutely um yeah pre-1900s <laughs> yeah. um but it was, so it was invented by the doctor ian marshall for a banquet hosted by jenny jerome um lady randolph churchill that's uh winston churchill's mother um, in honor of a presidential candidate at the time, Samuel Tilden. So they were having like a, a political soiree, essentially. Um, and uh, the the drink, the, the you know, the, the drink was the drink of the night and everybody fell in love with it. So they, so it just kind of blossomed from there. Um, they named it after the Manhattan Club where it originated um, in Manhattan. And then we, you know, from there we started getting, you know, drinks from all the different boroughs in New York, but um, Manhattan, you know, it's, it's the, 
it's by far the most popular, I think. And, and uh, yeah, so that's our Manhattan. So I'm going to make one. The ingredients have varied a little bit from, from the years. I think originally it was two parts vermouth to one part whiskey and a dash of bitters. I think over the years it is flip-flopped. Yes, I like uh, that ratio better. <laughs> yeah. It's a two-to-one cocktail. So two ounces of whiskey, one ounce of and then some bitter shakes. If you want to watch Joey make the cocktail, head on over to YouTube, Life from the Well. Or you can find all of our videos on our website as well. And just a reminder, if you would like to get your name out there or become a sponsor, go to our website and send us an email. All right. Cheers. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like a lunch Manhattan. Yeah, smells like day drinking. That's how they used to do business, man. <laughs> yeah. You'd have a meeting and go have a Manhattan at lunch while you talked about yeah. sales and yeah. ports and whatever the fuck people talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of the bar. Good old, good old Mad Men days. <laughs> <laughs> when everybody was an alcoholic and nobody cared. And you smoked in the office. <laughs> uh, I am so grateful. You cannot smoke in bars anymore. Yeah. Did you ever? Did you ever have the pleasure of, of working in a bar where people smoked? Nope. No. <laughs> Fortunately, missed that. I gotta say, when I started bartending up here, it was still loud, and I was a smoker at the time, so I was ah. fine with it. I remember mm-hmm. working like <laughs> you'd stand by on the bar and have a cigarette, and you weren't supposed to make a drink with it in your mouth, but it depended on where you work. I worked at a dive bar, so you could you could sit there yeah. as long as you didn't ash into the ice. <laughs> so fucking gross oh god um, uh, uh, hard yeah <laughs> so you're just kind of holding the cigarette off to the side while you scoop stuff and then you make your drink and you're like here you go man and then you just keep popping it was it was a really strange um strange time yeah it was just and, and people were just always smoking you just always smelled like cigarettes yeah um Remember, I remember we had signs up that said like no cigars or pipe tobacco mm. because people would get upset <laughs> at the smell of that kind of smoke yeah uh i i mean as a non-smoker like maybe smoke like one cigar a year but mm-hmm. if i got to pick which one i'm smelling i heavily prefer cigars or pipe tobacco yeah. over regular cigarettes totally i feel like a lot of people feel that way but it's also yeah. nowadays that we have you know we're not it, cigarettes aren't everywhere <laughs> you know that was when cigarettes were everywhere and so then it was just a different kind of smoke and i think it was usually the smokers that would upset that would be upset about it. So like, oh, it doesn't smell like my smoke. <laughs> and it's really, I mean, it's, it's fun. To, it, it's kind of funny to think about though. Like once cigarettes were outlawed in bars, that's when like the cocktail, cocktail culture really started taking off. Mm-hmm. I think it's because like people could start tasting things again. Because <laughs> before it, everything just tasted like stale cigarettes and, and old beers, so, you know, or just what it's the horrible smell. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. That's, I wonder if that had a, any, uh, yeah. any effect on that culture. Maybe. <laughs> so how's your drink? This is our uh, tasting notes. Which you got. Oh, wonderful. Delightful. Manhattan-y. Yeah. Uh, I prefer rye in my Manhattans because mm-hmm. rye is a little drier, spicier. Um, I think it pairs a little better with the sweet vermouth. Um, it's more traditional, too. That's actually the, the original spirit to use in it. I just used my bourbon because I guess yeah. I know. I have, I have a cabinet full of liquor. <laughs> I was like, I don't need to go buy another <laughs> bottle right now. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, I, I, that's that's a good point. I, uh, the rye is definitely, um, I think, for traditionalists, the preferred spirit too. Yeah, but for a uh, for old fashioned, definitely still prefer bourbon. Hmm? I debated putting a uh, a splash of simple in because I you know don't have the cherry to sweeten it up, but just mm -hmm. threw an extra dash of bitters in there, and I think that worked out just fine. Yeah, I did a quarter ounce of Luxardo on mine just for. Um, so the next segment is our um, personal experiences. And so that's just, um, we just dive into the world of bartending, you know, uh, favorite regulars, grossest experience, you know, the, the high, highlights, lowlights, um, memorable people What mm -hmm. you got for me. Any, anything jumping out right away or should we dig in? Uh, the first bar I worked at uh, where I started as you know, door security um, and then worked my way up. Um, <clears throat> kind of their dive bar um so when all the bridge and tunnel bros would want to get shitty on friday saturday night that's who i had to deal with um so it was i'm glad i got that experience uh to better appreciate you know being at the more chill neighborhood bar i'm at now um but yeah don't miss having to uh kick out douchebags and you know almost getting in fights. Uh, I actually did get assaulted once. Um, and, uh, yeah. Well, uh, uh, just get into that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I've, been, I've been in a couple. That's good. What happened when you got assaulted? Um, so it was actually a regular, um, who, uh, she had a habit of like, she would go through phases of, she would like get too drunk and then like, start taking other people's drinks and I watched her pick up a beer off somebody else's table and start walking around with it. Hey big boy. Um, and I approached her and I'm like, Hey, customer's name. That's not your drink. Um, you know, it's, it's time to go. So I put my hand on top of the beer and I had seen her, you know, get wasted and weird, but I'd never seen her be aggressive or violent. And she tries to like yank the beer back. Mm -hmm. And now I'm worried about glass like shattering and you know, on the concrete floor, somebody get hurt. Um, so I put my other hand on the bottom of the glass to try and like get it away from her. And with her hand that's not on the glass, she punches me in the neck twice. Oh, like side of the neck or front of yeah. the neck? Yeah, yeah, side of the neck. <laughs> and then like, you know, all pleasantries are gone. I'm like, you need to get the fuck out now. Yeah, you just assaulted me. It's <laughs> you crossed the line. That's the yeah. So, fortunately, that was what I thought was the end of that. Mm -hmm. She left. Did she leave under uh, her coat on her cord? What's that? She left under her uh, cord. Uh, yeah, she left. Um, but then comes back about half an hour later, oh, no. and asks my coworker Erica if she can charge her phone there. <laughs> and no, Erica, who is an absolute doll, just angel, is like, no, honey, you live next door upstairs. You need to go home. Yeah, you're you're close to home. You should just get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, did you come back after that? Uh, no, we got you six. Okay. I was say, did you guys still serve her? That's pretty. Nope. <laughs> But it was uh, it was nice for her boyfriends because uh, whenever he wanted to escape, he would just come to our bar. The bar that she's eighty six from. 
yeah, they were a pair. Oh man, that's yeah, yeah. That sounds like a uh, that sounds like a pair. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> I had yeah, I had a guy. Well, there's the guy that I had a guy that he he was trying to fight a customer once, and he he like grab he, he was he was he was a regular and everybody hated him. Oh boy. <laughs> We had this guy. He was he was like this. So he was a contractor for for um, Amazon, um, and he told us like how much money he made every week, and we're like, dang! He, but he lived upstairs from my bar, which was an expensive place, and he was always strung out on some drugs, and so it was pretty. Yeah, you know, I'm sure that he got paid quite a bit of money. Um, yeah. But this one time, he like he was talking to this couple, and it was funny because they were from the Key Peninsula, and I was like. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, that's awesome! I grew up out there," and so I was like trying to connect with them a little bit, and then he, and then I, and then I walked away, and I heard like the guy yell at, he's like, "Don't talk to my girlfriend that way," and then like grabbed uh, 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 one of our bar menus is like hard plastic <laughs> off the top of the bar, and like was holding it, and he's like gonna hit the guy with it, and I was like, "What are you doing? Like, what the fuck is happening right now?" It was like ten minutes before close, and I was like, "Get out of here, man! Stop this!" <laughs> And he stuck around and the people left and they were like, we're out of here. I was like, I'm sorry, you guys, this guy's crazy. And then he, when they left, he's like, yeah, fuck you guys. And I was like, no, dude, like you too. You also have to yeah, leave. Yeah. And, and he's like, what, why? So I was like, yeah, you can't fight my customers. And so I, I trying to like walk him out the door and he just like grabs my beanie and my hair and, and, I was like, okay, we're going outside. So I just kind of, you know, shirt right here and just pushed him through the door, pushed him through another door. And then he, I pushed him up against this like concrete pillar and I'm holding him there and he's holding my hair. And I, I this is when I had like a pony, I like my hair was like down to like past my shoulders. And so like he had a handful um, and I was like, look at my hair. And he's like, look at me. And I was like, after you look at my hair. Yep. So I kind of got my forearm up under his chin and then three of my cooks came behind me and he was like, <laughs> and just stopped. Yep. And I was like, fuck off, man. Don't come back. And then he's like punching the window and he's yelling at us. And we're like, we're called the cops, man. And then he finally calmed down and left. And then two days later, he came back in <laughs> and just walked up to the bar and ordered a beer. And I was like cocktailing. My buddy was bartending. Mm -hmm. And he went up to him and he's like, he's like, give me your beer. And my buddy was like, hey, man, you can't be here. And he's like, what? He's like, you're 86. He's like, what? He's like, you can't pull Joey's hair. <laughs> That's what he said. And the guy's like, I pulled Joey's hair. And I'm like, get out of here. Jesus. And it's funny because he would linger around, like, for the next year or so, like, he'd walk by. And every once in a while, he'd, he'd see my manager and be like, hey, can I come back yet? My manager would be like, no. <laughs> and he's like, damn it. <laughs> so that was pretty great. I, I love when people just don't know. Yeah. Have you developed any um, regulars over the last couple of years? Anybody that's like noteworthy that uh, has touched your life in any kind of way? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, especially at the bar I'm at now, it's um, it's in St. John's neighborhood of Portland, uh, which is sort of a satellite of Portland. It's, you know, a little further out than the rest of the rest of like the Portland neighborhood. So it's a very tight knit community. Um, I remember my, first shift there um the bartender who was you know not necessarily training me but like kind of showing me the ropes of that bar um she knew 90 percent of the people who walked in on a first name basis hmm. and that 
blew me away. And until, you know, I worked there a couple months and then I knew 90% of the people who come in. Um, Mm -hmm. But I would say like a vast majority of the, uh, the regulars, like I'm legit friends with now Um, because you know, you, you care about each other's lives. You see them that often. Like, you know, I ask, you know, how the kids are doing in sports, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Have you been at the bar? I mean, up until this moment. uh, It'll be two years in May. Yeah. Is that your longest bar so far? Uh, No, I was at my first bar for uh, about two years, maybe a little over also, but. That's a really good amount of time though to develop regulars. Um, And my last bar was the longest I'd ever worked anywhere. I was there five five years. Mm -hmm. Um, And man, like (laughs) it was pretty cool. I, I mean, Two years was kind of my limit, I think, like two and a half years was, was like the max I'd worked at a lot of places, but the last place that, yeah. So like having a regular network, like in, in, in a city, like to expand over five years was was pretty incredible. Like, I, I mean, those those people really do kind of become like staples in your life. And, and, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's a bummer to not see them every day. <laughs> yeah. Or you yeah, know, I, I miss so many people. I yeah, mean, they're the people I miss the most right now, I think. Yeah. And you, you got to be a, a social person if you're a bartender and mm-hmm. like not having all those social outlets right now has definitely been hard. Yeah. What do you, um, I'm going to jump around. What, what have you been doing to kind of, uh, to, to fill those gaps? I mean, are you just uh, hanging at home, getting drunk? <laughs> uh, toning that back now. Yeah. yeah that's good. <laughs> that's I mean, it, it's, like it's not a sustainable case. way of life. <laughs> Uh, a lot of online gaming with my buddies. It definitely helps me stay connected. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can still talk to people. Um, uh, done like um, Zoom call and like watch a movie, like queue it up at the same time. Do that mm-hmm. a couple times a week with friends. Oh, that's fun. So sit and watch a movie with somebody over there. Exactly. And, uh, you know, hearing someone else laugh at the same movie that you're watching, um, it uh, it's very comforting. It makes and you feel less crazy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, having a dog helps keep me in a, you know, consistent routine. Um, yeah. and, uh, I have two roommates, so, you know, get some socialization there. That's nice. You still have, you have like a little community at home. You're not just yeah. all by yourself. That's one thing I, I, like I've been really thankful for through this whole thing is, is my wife just because you know, yeah. <laughs> we're great friends and it's awesome because, you know, we, we spend a lot of time together already. So this is just kind of, forced us to spend more time together and it's been it's been fine it's been awesome actually i mean, I mean good yeah i'm thankful for 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 having someone that's so cool in my life but it, it yeah. is important i think to have at least something <laughs> yeah i mean if if you guys aren't sick of each other through this you're you're golden <laughs> yeah no we actually sat down um this weekend and and wrote out a uh a workout regimen for the week Nice. Um, yeah, because I mean, we're we're doing everything together right now, and so it's like let's fucking let's rock. Yeah. So yeah, we've got we've got strength training, running, yoga, hit mm-hmm. classes. I mean, you can do all those either from you know your around your block or from your living room. And it yeah, keeps, nice. It keeps some sanity in the brain every day, you know, mm-hmm. which is nice. I saw you, you keeping fresh with your with your kettlebells. Yep. Yeah. I got a 40 pound kettlebell. It showed up about a week ago. Very, very happy to have that. Nice. Yeah. That's my, I think that's actually the next one I want to get it. I was looking at 35 or 40 pound kettlebell. I've got a 25 pound um, dumbbell that I, that I play with, but if you want to step it up a notch, that's the best. Yeah. Yeah. I had a 20 pound kettlebell, but it just, 
it was too light. Need yeah. more. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, especially in those kettlebell exercises, like, you know, you, you want to, you want to be lifting some weight up. Yeah. Um, what's the grossest thing that has ever happened while you're, while you're out there in the bars? Probably when I was bar backing, um, it's always the bar back that has the worst story. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> you're the hardest working, lowest paid person at the bar. You're the least respected. <laughs> hardest yeah. working, lowest paid, least respected. Yeah. 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 But uh, also to the bartender, most loved. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I was very well loved, um, you know, when I was a bar back by the bartenders, which I appreciate. That means you were doing your job right, too. Yes. Um, that's a good sign. Yeah. I remember there was, a, there was this regular who, um, he, would, he would always roll pretty deep, had a lot of friends, um, you know, definitely thought very highly of himself. Uh, he loved to tell people that he worked at Adidas. Um, <laughs> and he uh he came in probably already pretty hammered got more hammered um and as he's uh like rounding a corner um of the uh the back bar at the bar i was at there was a big front bar that had two bartenders and a back bar that had one bartender and only served beer and then out to the patio ran in the corner of the back bar going out to the patio and just like projectile vomits like a spray like a dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this was right in front of me. Oh. Like, and so, like towards you or like? Not, not towards me. Okay. It, that's, I, I think a little splatter got on my pants, but like not a lot on me. Was, yeah. Um, I'm like, it's time to go. Yeah. And um, he starts arguing with me. And fortunately, his, his girlfriend was like, no, 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 no. Like, we got to go. Um, you see what you just did? Yeah. Um, and then, like, his buddies start arguing with me. I'm like, you guys can leave, too. So, fortunately, all night. <laughs> girl, girlfriend was the voice of reason. Um, and, you know, get the mop bucket, clean it up. Hour later, he's back with all his buddies. I'm like, no, no, you need to go now. He's like, no, no, man, I'm, I'm good. Like, I, I left, I came back. I'm like, nope, not how that works. You got to go now. <laughs> I meant later this month, not tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I thought of a, another good one. Yeah. This one gets pretty gross. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, Christmas office holiday party season. Um, and being a bigger bar, we had a lot of those coming in. Mm -hmm. um, I was working in the back bar and one of the bathrooms is, you know, visible from there. Um, and I noticed like uh, a lot of people had been in line, but then they were just leaving the line for the bathroom, going to the other bathroom. <laughs> and I go up, knock on the door. There's no answer. Bathroom's locked. Um, then uh, there's a party that's looking for their friend. They can't find her. Uh -oh. um, Are they the, like, those, the, is it a single stall bathroom where they can kind of lock yeah. themselves in? Yeah, single, yep. Um, so the, you know, the, this group of friends, coworkers, they, they can't find their friend eventually work out that, you know, her friend, their friend is passed out in the bathroom. Um, so I let my front bar manager know he calls like, you know, uh, non-emergency cause you know, we, we can't break into the bathroom. 
because, you know, you bust a door open, you hit somebody, they sue you. Yeah. Kind of sucks. Yeah. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had some dipshit customers that were like, well, I'll, I'll bust it open. I'll get her out of there. I'm like, no, you're fucking not. You're going like, to sit there. We don't need a hero right now. <laughs> uh, six police officers and two firemen and a paramedic show up. This is excessive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and eventually, you know, they, the firemen kicked the door in, you know, paramedics. They just kicked the deadbolt in? They're like, fuck it. Yeah. There was no key. Uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a big deadbolt. It was just like one of the like little bolts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't easy or it wasn't hard to kick in. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they get her out of there. Um, you know, after the paramedic checks her out, make sure nothing, you know, immediately when, needs to be done. Was uh, she still passed out? Like when they got in there? They, they revived her a bit. Like she was, you know, moving her head around. I, I don't know if she was talking to them or not, but, um, she was wearing a white dress and I saw as they were getting her out, there was a brown streak down the back of it. Oh, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she never came out. She didn't want to come out. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't even know if she knew at the yeah. time. Uh, that's probably one of the things that kept her in there. <laughs> or, yeah, could have been. In your, in your drunk <laughs> mind, like something happens, you're like, I'm just not going to leave. I'm going to go to sleep right here forever. Yeah. Until I wake up. Yeah, this is, I this is my life now. <laughs> I can think of a better, pro- better solution. Right now, I have no answers. <laughs> I'll sneak out tomorrow morning. <laughs> if I can just stay in the bathroom until after they close, I can sneak yeah. out. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> Yeah, God, those those single stall bathrooms are dangerous, man. I, I think I, I don't know, I don't know why they still make them. Yeah, yeah, having to pound on the door, tell people stop banging in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had them like downtown Seattle. We had them where people would lock themselves in there, and it'd be like an hour after we're closed, <laughs> we're still there's still someone locked in our bathroom because they just want to hang out that night. So we're like pounding on the door. We're like all, all the threats you can make. You know, it's just. Yeah. It was funny because like we f- we found out that we had the deadbolt, and so like when you lock the deadbolt, it had that vacant and then like available kind of mm-hmm. thing. And it was this little circle with a little viewfinder. Kind of, kind of thumb it over. Yeah, so you could just kind of thumb it over, and it would open the dead the deadbolt, which was pretty funny. Uh, but we also had a code to get in, so if you like if you did it right, you could get in there. Um, but we like the code actually was something we put in after about a year year and a half of of that just kind of like trying to get people out of the bathrooms because people would just they come in the front door and just run straight for the bathroom once they find out that you have a bathroom that they can just hide in for four Mm -hmm. hours and tie off and shoot up or whatever the hell it is you're gonna do (sighs) yeah that's something we should look at as far as uh improving once we open things up again get (laughs) get rid of all the the deadbolt bathrooms yes people don't need that much security to take a shit no no, a chain is fine. There's a little yeah, chain where yeah, we can look fine. in and be like, you busy yeah. in there? <laughs> yeah, slip some bolts. Just in case you need to clip the chain. Yeah. I say, if someone's taking a shit, 100% of the time, people will turn around and, lie and be like, sorry. Yep. So you, you don't need to be that safe in a bathroom. No. <laughs> I get uh, uh, when I first moved to Portland, I was a barista working at a cafe downtown. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I went to one of your, I came and saw you one time. Oh, yeah. You gave yep. me a peanut butter mocha, which was. Yep, that was my signature drink. <sighs> so good. I still yep. think about it sometimes. Had, like, 
and the I bottles of the foam had like little chunks of peanuts in it. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It was like someone who uh, loved doing their job. <laughs> yeah. I, oh yeah. That was that was definitely my favorite barista job. Um, mm -hmm. I got to run that cafe. Um, well, it's fun to see you go from like fall fall in love with like making drinks to and then like just switch the kind of drinks you make too. Yeah, I mean it's it's not too different. You still have like the basic like drink building mindset, um, mm -hmm. but you just kind of change what you're doing. Um, yeah. I would say like uh, bartending, you have to memorize a lot more, but like the actual work, I would say being a barista is a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, man, it's hard to make foam. Um, because it's, it's not like you can pour bad. So like worst thing you can do is, you know, pour flat soda and then change your CO2. Yeah. Um, you can't pour a bad shot of liquor. You can definitely pull a bad shot of espresso. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, many things. Grind it too wrong or cook it for too long or wrong temperature. Yeah. Uh, and you have to adjust it throughout the day. Um, cause the, uh, the moisture in the air will affect how long shots take. Um, and especially if, uh, like the cafe I was at, um, you've got a big door that's opening, closing every, you know, couple minutes. Mm -hmm. So it's constantly changing, um, the atmosphere and how the air is. So I was, you know, regularly pulling test shots just to make sure like I was still pulling good shots. Just sipping coffee all day long. Um, but cafe I worked at downtown Portland, um, was close to the park blocks where a lot of houseless people lived. Um, and a ton of them were our regular customers. Like we would have friendly conversations. They were very respectful. Um, but then there were others that, you know, would go to the bathroom, shoot up. I would regularly find needles in the, uh, in the bathroom trash cans. Yeah. Um, had someone threatened to stab me once when I told them that they couldn't be in the, in the cafe anymore. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. <Jeez. clears throat> he was like five foot four old and frail. So I wasn't too worried about it. <laughs> and said, Oh, you're going to stab me. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> let's, let's be a I'm not big, but I'm bigger than you. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I think the next part I like to go into um, is our improve the industry. Mm -hmm. um, it's the, the teachable moments section. So that's a, uh, you know, when you go to another bar and, and you see them shaking a Manhattan, you're just like, oh, ah. uh, yeah, you know, yeah. one of those things. It's, it's really, it's, it's the, the mentoring moments, you know, like what, what would you say to somebody that, that has the right trajectory, but maybe the wrong ideas in their head? It's <laughs> a good question. Uh, something personally that, you know, damages my soul. Um, is when I see someone muddling uh, cherry and orange peel in an old fashioned. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to order another one. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually when you order a cocktail and then, and then the next drink you order a beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, then I look around and realize, you know, this is kind of on me. I should have known better. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Cause I like, to, I like to give people a chance a lot of times. And so I'll go, I'll go and order a cocktail and then, and then, um, and I, you know, you just have your, what's your go-to it. So if, if the cocktail doesn't work, cause I even have like a, a go-to, like you can get a gin and tonic, you know, it's yeah. kind of uh, tequila, soda, lime. That's, yeah. that's my go-to cocktail. That's so clean. Ah, so yeah. good. Love it. Yeah. Crisp, refreshing. Um, mm -hmm. 
and I don't get bad hangovers from tequila. No, tequila doesn't no. get hangovers. Um, yeah. I, I, it gives hangovers proper tequila. You've got to you've got to stay true to the 100% agave tequila first of all. Second Absolutely. of all, don't mix it with anything else. If you just drink tequila throughout the mm-hmm. night, you're probably going to feel fine tomorrow. Like I, I remember the first time I discovered that, and I was just like, "What just happened?" Like I was drunker than I should have been last night. Yeah, I could go running right now. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a it's a clean spirit. It's a really clean, and I love it. Yep. Uh, Flavor wise, whiskey is probably my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Bourbon or rye, uh, American whiskeys are my preference, but I get really bad hangovers from them. So, um, I I sip whiskey, I drink tequila. Nice. That's uh no, that's um that's that's a very uh, that's what I'm for. Self aware. That's a uh, I like the awareness around all of that. I should say that's good. It's, it's it shows that you've done your homework. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For better or worse, I've done my homework. Yeah. Well, it's fine because you know we're all we're all people, and everything everything in this world affects each of us in kind of in our own way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what what works for one person doesn't always work for another. But also, you find those commonalities, and I think if you can get people to get over their 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 tequila prejudice because mm-hmm. they got too drunk on Jose Cuervo when they were eighteen, yeah. or seventeen at some house party, and it and it ruined their their week. <laughs> um, the you know once you once you get them past that and you, you show them that there's an actual like good product here that that you know it's, I always I called it the sativa of alcohols because it, like mm-hmm. when you yeah. have tequila like it it's a clean burn and you're and it's an up like I, I yeah that. well it's a it's agave based and agave has got that sugar content to it like rum because rum's made from sugar cane I think rum has a similar effect I don't know if to, it's to the extent of tequila. But it still kind of gives you that like more of a lifted like bounce around kind of thing versus yeah for me it's a more mellow euphoric drunk mm-hmm. where the like spirits are more kind of heavy and they make you they kind of pull you back a little bit yeah or or a good old Rainier <laughs> well, vitamin R <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> man I haven't had a Rainier in a while Kelly okay? like, we've been doing um, a few of these this is the third one of these um, these uh, Zoom interviews that we're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying them, by the way. It's it's a uh, it's nice. I like I like the it's it's a it's a fun setting. Um, it just gives me something to do in my in my quarantine time too. But uh, yeah, I haven't had a rainier in like a month. <laughs> yeah, I I keep them stocked. Yeah. I can't really do well. I mean, I can have like one or two craft beers, but if I have more than two, I have a hangover or I have a headache before I'm drunk. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that's been in recent years. <laughs> you get those heavy IPAs and just not get like it's like it's um, like a loaf of bread. <laughs> I I I say I'm not an IPA fan. Mm-hmm. I'm very selective with the few that I do like. Sure. They were they were one of those things that, that hit really hard. Everybody got really excited about it, and then everybody was doing them, and then she became like this really heavy kind of almost syrupy like beer. But then, yeah, uh, like breweries were, you know, trying to top everybody with all the other breweries with the highest IBUs. Like we've got yeah. the most bitter IPA. Yeah. They all sucked. Yeah. It's like they, you crossed the line. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but then was a couple of, maybe like two years ago, they, they started make two or three years ago. They started doing the, um, like the SIPAs, like the session IPAs. 
Yeah, session IPAs, hazy IPAs. Mm-hmm. The citrus, the, well, the citrus, citrus ones are still kind of heavy, depending on. But yeah. the lighter, the lighter bodied IPAs, where mm-hmm. you still kind of got the hop, but it wasn't like this real heavy. Yeah, you know, it was more of a balanced one. Those ones actually, I could do like one of those, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's nice. And then I switch it back to tequila. Yeah, but that's also, I think, just beer is just so heavy anymore too, where it's it's got its places. And that's yeah, one thing yeah. I think I love about Rainier is it's, 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 um, it's just that lighter thing, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a weed guy. And so it, it, we, uh, Rainier is nice for cotton mouth, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not super, it doesn't get you wasted, but you can just kind of sip on this lighter thing that gives you, that washes your mouth out a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or, uh, or like, uh, tequila with a Stiegel Rattler. Mm-hmm. Love those together. I had some Montucky the other day and that was pretty ah, nice. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that was probably, that, <laughs> that was probably basically rainier. Yeah. And I actually, I went out and I bought a six pack of uh, high life too, because uh-huh. I wanted to show a little support for Miller because they are, uh, they're one of the companies that donated to the, the USBG fund. Yeah. Yeah. Have you signed up for that yet? Uh, I have not. I, I should have they're, yeah. they're uh, I think it's like up to like $1,500 grants they're, they're giving out. Nice. They haven't started giving them out. It's like this month. They're still processing applications, but just go to usbg.org. Um, and you don't even have to be a member of the bartenders guild to, you just have to prove that you've, so if you have a pay stub, um, just prove that you've been a bartender for a year oh, cool. and, and you qualify. Um, and uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's a whole list of different companies that have been giving. That's the one that Ryan Reynolds and aviation gin um, donated. Oh, yeah. They're donating 20% of all of their online sales yeah. to, to that fund too. So there's a, all, all the more reasons to love Ryan Reynolds, right? I mean, first he does Deadpool and now he's giving us money. What the fuck? <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> and it's like he wants us to love him or something. Yeah. Uh, so funny story about Montucky. Um, I was hanging out with some friends um, and uh, I'd ordered a Montucky and my friend Haley, who was my tattoo artist at the time was like, uh, I, I hate that beer. I'm like, you don't even drink beer. Um, and it's, it's just a cheap lager. It's whatever. And she was like, Oh no, I, I hate it because my ex-boyfriend designed the uh, can art and the can art's great. A fantastic artist. And that's what he got famous for. But the can art's so good. It she is. doesn't like him because it's her ex. <laughs> I I think she doesn't like it because that's not the art he did that she likes. Oh, okay. So it, it was it was it was less vindictive and more like you guys aren't appreciating the true talent of this artist. Yeah, she wants him to get recognition for the other things he's done, not just the Montucky can. Well, that's at least coming from a good place. Yes, agreed. But still, like recognize recognize what works. I mean, that's like. A, it's like musicians. Like, how often? How often does a musician's uh, least favorite song, or you know, their, their favorite song, rarely becomes the the hit that everybody okay. falls in love with? Yeah. You know, everybody likes the catchy tune that repeats itself most of the time. You know, they don't like the deep, soul searching one where you talk about you know talking to your grandfather during an acid trip or something. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be fun. That would be fun. I'm into that. <laughs> I haven't talked to Papa in a while. Yeah. <laughs> So the next part I want to go to is my um, my recommendations. Like, do you have uh, any? I don't know. This is one of those hard things to do right now because we're all just sitting at home on our asses. Um, 
<laughs> it's, it's like the, the I, I titled it secrets of the industry. So like, you know, just tricks for your other bartenders that might not be, you know, that might not know how good, how, you know, how to do something. Mm-hmm. You, you figured out a good way to do something, you know, that kind of stuff. Or there's a specific, I think the first one I did, I, I recommended a vermouth, the, the, the Carpano Antica, just because I'm like, that. It's, it's, if you're looking for a solid one you want, that's going to be good every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, that, or, or is there a book or a movie or a TV show that you're um, currently passionate about? Um, oh, man, I've been watching a lot of TV lately. Um, what's the best what's the best thing you've seen lately since since quarantine started um the uh the series the tv series of what we do in the shadows uh the focus of the show is about a vampire coven in uh staten island that kind of sucks yeah (laughs) um but uh but yeah it's very good i highly recommend it um there's actually some really big uh celebrity cameos in the TV series, uh, Tilda Swinson, uh, Danny Trejo, uh, Evan Rachel Wood, uh, to name a few. No, we just uh, gotta watch yeah. Westworld again too. Yeah. So, so they got some big people in there, uh, and cool. it's really funny, really well done. Nice. I'll have to, I'll have to put that on the list. Let Brick know when she takes her headphones off. <laughs> I love those guys though. Like, uh, even like Thor Ragnarok, I think is probably the funniest. Oh yeah, I love that. Best one. Marvel movies made. I'm really excited to see the next Thor because Taika's doing that one also. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's like the Thor Guardians mashup. I think is what's happening. Yeah. Something like that. But his 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 rock character is going to be in it, which yeah, <laughs> which I love. Same, same. So good. What was um? Have you seen Tiger King? Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean everybody had to right. That was like that was priority. Um, There's Neil. Probably- the the best advice I got for that is don't watch more than two episodes in a day. <laughs> um, and that, that was solid advice. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's a lot to process. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there were, there were a couple of days, like after watching two episodes, like I was, I was really like emotionally drained and like mm-hmm. rotten out and mm-hmm. uh, found myself like kind of in a bad headspace, which surprised me because um, I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing. And so uh, you know, uh, outside influences usually don't do that to me, especially something that I have zero actual investment in. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it got heavier than I expected. Dude. Like when that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that show it like every episode is Well, I mean, I'm just repeating everybody that's already talked about it weeks and weeks ago, but every show is crazier than the next, every episode. Like you just like, like, you turn it on, like go up from here, and it does. Yeah, you there, like, and that's the thing is, like, the first episode you watch, you're like, this is crazy, and then you watch the next one, you're like, it's crazier, and you have like, I mean, your your bar for crazy just gets raised by every episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. And then I saw that that Donald Trump Jr. was was talking to his dad about letting Joe Exotic out because he thought he got too harsh of a prison sentence. Yeah. But he said he said he got too harsh of a prison sentence for the plot to murder, which is funny because it's not even why he went to prison. No, it's why they arrested him, but it's not why they. It's not why they yeah. convicted him. Yeah, that's that's what got them to warrant. Yeah, to, they got him on animal cruelty on like financial accounts. Oh yeah, jeez. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you could get all of them on several accounts of animal cruelty. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, what's it's just that that dark world of 
of the the ultra wealthy you know yeah. they're kind of living by their own standards and and especially in, in in those pockets of the country where there's like just no no kind of regulation whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the the story that's you know it, i feel like got kind of glossed over is uh doc ansel i mean that dude, dude. is essentially a cult leader yeah. with tigers a hundred percent that's exactly what he is. He's a cult leader. He's he's a cult leader. The, yeah. the, tiger, the tigers are just part of the cult, but like that, yeah. or they're, they're like the allure. They're what they're what he uses to bring people in, and then he traps them there. Yeah, he's a hundred percent a cult leader. Yeah. It's insane. Like, I want more of the interviews with you know the women who like escaped him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, like that girl only got one episode. <laughs> like they yeah. need to go back to her a lot more. Yes, agreed. <laughs> Yeah, but I think there were just, I think that was just part of it though, was like, there was just so many crazy things going on that they're like, how do we even focus on any of these individual, like there's the lady that killed her husband, there's the guy that's just like, this like the the methville, <laughs> like billionaire, and then there's this crazy, like, there's this crazy Pablo Escobar character up in like North Carolina, yeah, or whatever, there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of questions. That, that, and that's like so in the very beginning of that show like they talk like somebody's quoted it saying exotic and exotic animal owners are kind of crazy but but the craziest of all are the cat owners and you kind of mm-hmm. hear that as like a quote in the beginning but then like if, if that if you let that stick in your head throughout you're like oh shit and then you realize like all the different people that that like get cats and why they're getting cats is like a power thing mm-hmm. um and then you're like oh shit like these people are really crazy um yeah it's 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 uh i think it just opens up a whole new line of thought for you and and, i mean you didn't i didn't know that there were people like joe exotic in this world that were that were like billionaires but also kind of living you know in a in a trailer like just like (laughs) yeah i mean like one of my uncles man like i didn't (laughs) yeah uh i mean yes like joe had a lot of revenue coming in but that was from his mom though too right that was most that was like all her money yeah. um anyway. but he was definitely like like a a swindler like mm-hmm. you know he wasn't doing things above the board <laughs> no. i mean most of them aren't obviously um yeah, no i mean they're like what they say doc has his own incinerator where he where he just yeah but then I was watching Ozark right after I watched that, and then they uh-huh. had their own incinerator on Ozark, and I was just like, "Oh, this is too much for me to handle right now." Uh, apparently, uh, Doc Antler's um, facility got raided in December. Really? Um, and I've been curious to see what comes out of that. Yeah. Did you hear that Carol Baskin's case has been reopened since yeah. the book came out? <laughs> like the FBI is like looking into her. They're, they're yep. like. Maybe she did kill her husband. This, all this evidence looks uh, looks fishy. And when they first like bring it up in her interview, uh-huh. there is there is no emotion. There is no. no, no. Did you look at her face? She was like this. She's like, just ah, flat. Ah, ah, yeah. ah. Like she kept like breaking focus and looking away and laughing awkwardly. And I was like, she totally murdered her husband. Yeah. As soon as like they that. said it and her reaction, I was like, oh man, she's a murderer. <laughs> Either that or she like helped. Like did something happen? Oh. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, like there there are way too many unanswered questions in that to like rule her out. 
Yeah, I think that's probably why we are all still so obsessed with it, is because they didn't answer anything. Like, no, no, we're still on the hook. They, they just threw a bunch of shit in our faces, and then and then said, "All these people are still doing this." Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, "What?" Yeah. Uh, and fucking Jeff Lowe taking over, you know, the, the GW, you know, zoo. And he's, well, he's building a new, uh, so did you, did you, did you see David Spade's interviews? I haven't seen those yet. Dude. So two last week or two weeks ago, David Spade interviewed about half the cast. Like currently he's so apparently from, from his, his telling, um, like people, people were wanting to interview them. And they, like, as a collective, were kind of like, we don't want to talk to any of these Hollywood types, but we'll talk to Joe Dirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and so David Spade's like, sweet, <laughs> let's, 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 let's see how we can do with this. And so on his YouTube. So, like, his show got canceled on Comedy Central because, like, there's nothing going on right now. But he's, like, continuing it on on, on YouTube. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, so, speaking of David Spade, um, <laughs> there... Uh, one of the more popular strip clubs in Portland, uh, Lucky Devil, they've been doing their food to go. Like they'll I've, deliver. I've, I've heard of them. Uh, so they you've heard of Uber Eats. They were on Spade's show, right? Was he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he recommended that they name their uh, their business to Chub Hub. <laughs> I think it's great. Um, Chub Hub's good. Uh, this week. Um, Lucky Devil has started doing like a drive-through strip club, mm-hmm. where um, you order online, you pay thirty bucks, um, you drive through. <laughs> there are you know like several dancers on either side as you drive through. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have more people in the car, it's like ten bucks per person. Um, they they made sure to specify not ten bucks a head, just you know. To, to make sure people didn't think they were getting some extra. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, like we're trying to keep a business alive here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like you drive through, you, you pick up your food and uh, yeah, then you, you go home or, and you get a show. <laughs> yeah. Or you, or you can still order delivery and strippers will bring you your food. And others bring you the food at home. Yep. <laughs> you know, Good for you. good for Portland. I, I I say that's a that's just one of those things that nobody ever really thought they needed. But then as soon as it happened, they're like, huh, all right. And it makes some people really really mad, but but that's also funny. And so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I mean, those are people who are already mad about Shripcon. Well, those are people that are just yeah, exactly. They're just try- they're looking for a reason to be mad about yeah. something so they can feel justified. Yeah. They need to find a new purpose in life, personally. If you have- yeah. Oh, uh, silly bartender complaint. Mm, yeah. People order Bloody Marys at like after four o'clock. <laughs> Why? Yeah. yeah. I mean, <clears throat> how, how hungover are you right now? <laughs> yeah. The Bloody Mary. Either you're, you're way too hungover or you're a dancer. I'd say after, if on a day other than Sunday though. Yeah. Because Sunday you can just sit down at a bar or whatever. You can't. You can yeah. just sit down somewhere and drink Bloody Marys like all day and watch football or something. You know. Or yeah. Get lost. In, but even then, like by four o'clock, you should probably switch to something else because you're ordering like 
you, you're probably ordering lunch at that point. And Bloody Mary is basically your hungover breakfast. Yeah. 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 I, I'd say, like, if it's a Wednesday and somebody's ordering a Bloody Mary, 50% chance they're a dancer. <laughs> Can you over garnish a Bloody Mary? What's your opinion? Uh, I mean, of course, we, we've all seen the ridiculous pictures of like uh, half a pizza and a burger yeah. sticking well, on there. I'm glad you called them ridiculous because I think some people just think that's the way it should be, and I think that's, no. uh, I think it's good for a picture, but it's but it's asinine. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like the most extravagant that I found acceptable um, was uh, this bar I used to be a regular at. Um, side story it's kind of cool they um they did a mug club membership so you pay 50 bucks you get your own uh like mug that they keep at the bar they had i think maybe 30 of them you drew what your nickname out of a hat was uh i got riffraff appropriate (laughs) Um, and they they keep your mug there uh when you go and order a beer you get a 24 ounce beer at the 20 ounce beer price um which was cool like a, um, a vip club kind of thing yeah yeah uh and you know you're investing in you know uh where uh where you like to be um it was across the street from the cafe in the bike shop that you came to see me at mm-hmm. um and uh my buddy john who was also a regular um we had a race to see who could pay off their mug club membership the fastest because of you know the savings mm-hmm. um he beat me by a little. I think I was in second place of like the 30, 40 people who did it. That's pretty good. Uh, That's pretty good. John is also like six, five. So <laughs> got more volume to fill up. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but a couple of my buddies, they got in the mug club membership. Um, and we went to this bar for, uh, for brunch and they had this bloody Mary bucket advertised. Mm. So it was like, you know, one of those, the, the buckets that you would serve, um, like, like four or five coronas in or something, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, we asked if we could get the Bloody Mary poured into our mugs, and they're like, oh, yeah, I don't see why not. So it came with, you know, a bunch of pickled veggies and then, like, half of a decent size, like, spicy sausage link on it. It was, it was a good, good, good-sized sausage. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like any more than that is just a little over the top. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think uh, I think if the garnish is bigger than the drink, <laughs> then you're just ordering something off the menu, and the drink yeah, is like an yeah, and it probably costs like thirty bucks anyways. Well, say if the garnish is bigger than the drink, then the drink is technically the garnish. Yeah, and then you're like, ah, I mean, now we're focusing on the food, and and I'm the bartender, and I have an ego, so yeah. Um. So, uh, the Nines Hotel, downtown Portland, mm-hmm. one of the nicer hotels, like, um, when visiting basketball teams come in to play the Blazers, they stay at the Nines. Um, they have a restaurant there called Urban Farmer. They serve brunch there. They have a Bloody Mary bar. Yeah. So, server brings over a glass with your vodka and ice in it. <laughs> then you go to the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just kind of grab whatever you want and stuff it in your Bloody Mary being the opportunistic feeder that I am, I bring a plate over. (laughs) Smart. They have candied bacon at this Bloody Mary bar. So I just load my place plate up with candied bacon and, uh, you know, walk back to my table with like 
15 bucks worth of candied bacon on my plate. That's <laughs> so what you get for putting candy bacon on the Bloody Mary bar. So there was it full strips. I, I'm going to make you regret this. Yeah. Did they do full strips? Uh, they were like half size strip. Little, so you could like put it. Yeah. Probably about, I like, like that. Half a piece of bacon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of course I like, I, I like a slider on there every once in a while and they put yeah, a, yeah. a slider. Yeah. I, it's, it, it's tiny enough. Like it's, yeah, it, it's fine. Mm. Or you put like a little spicy chicken sandwich. Yeah. That might be, yeah. my opinion, but fuck with that. <laughs> Just a stack of wings. Mm, now you're speaking my language. Right. I'm a wing man. Yeah. 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 Same. Mm. Are you flats or flats or drums? Uh, flats. Mm hmm. Do you do the, uh, you like break the tip off and just kind of, or what? Uh, so what I do, I stand it up, push down to break the skin off the bone, flip it over, push down, break the skin off the bone, pull the bone out clean. Get that little nugget. Dip it in the blue cheese, pop it in my mouth. Cool, man. Well, I think we're kind of getting down to the, to the ass end of this thing. Cool. Uh, right? That's yeah, fine. Yeah, it's been fun. Hang out and drink, talk, share stories. That's really, I mean, that's why I started doing this in the first place. Because as a bartender, like, you don't get to be the guy that hangs out a lot of the time. No. You, a lot no. of the time, you're the guy that has to facilitate everyone else. And so th this gives us an opportunity to be that guy, you know, while serving ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we get to play all the roles right now. Exactly. And we're the ones drinking the best right now because we know how to make all the good cocktails. Exactly. Uh, my, my roommates have definitely appreciated uh having you know a board bartender around yeah, the skills <laughs> hell yeah uh yeah. I I what it was one of the first days um my uh my upstairs uh buddy he sent me a picture of uh a boston shaker stuck in the in the tin shaker and he was like how how do i get this unstuck i've tried like different temperature water and so you know i i look at it and um you know i make sure like the the top glass is like pointed away from me because you know it's always in at an angle just mm -hmm. smack it comes right out <laughs> <clears throat> awesome man well um shit i got we're doing a it's our last call so i guess we gotta do it. can you do another shot i can do another shot we're getting nuts here <laughs> all right well, it's gonna be a, it's a fun monday yeah uh, is it Monday? I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yesterday was um, was unemployment day. Yes, that's right. Yesterday was file the claim day. More tequila. More tequila. Okay, it's so I I like I gotta pour this thing. I need a strap for it. It's gonna be like <laughs> yeah. It's so big. It's like a backpack. Get the cork. Like, look at this. Like, yeah. You can't get a pour spout in there. It's oh yeah. Yeah, uh, it's the same with the uh, the whistle pig rye. You can't put a pour spout in that. You could put like two sport pour spouts in there side by side. Yeah. Figure that out. <laughs> you ever do a Diablo with the ginger beer and cassis? Oh, I'd, I'd fuck with that. So tequila, cassis, ginger beer. So it's like ounce and a half, half ounce top. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you do the spicy tequila, it's uh, it, it yeah. just – the sweetness of the cassis is, is kind of nice, but when you have the heat in there to balance it out, it's really, really good. It tastes like spicy jam. It's really good. Mm -hmm. Yep. I like that. Nice, nice, nice. Cool. Um, so last call for alcohol on the show. Cheers, Mike. Thanks for coming on, man. Oh, thank you. This has been fun. Love it. Cheers. Cheers.
Um, cool. So last call. Now, um, if you want attention on the internet or, or bring attention to anything, this is, this is the guest info and promo segment. Um, uh, uh, oh boy. Uh, the, the bar I work at is uh, called leisure public house in St. John's got an Instagram. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, the owners are putting out a lot of fun cocktail videos right now. What's, um, their, uh, what's their handle on Instagram? Just at leisure. Uh, I believe it's leisure PDX. Okay on Instagram. Um, yeah, the owners, Travis and Nicole, fantastic people, adore them to death. Um, yeah, they're doing lots of fun stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, spay and neuter your pets. Uh, <laughs> <Love> <laughs> Barker, you're so great. <laughs> yeah. Little, little prices, right? Oh, that's a throwback. Man. <sighs> well, thanks for coming on, man. Um, that wraps up one more life from the well. All right. Everyone out there, all of our, uh, wonderful beautiful listeners um thanks for hanging in there with us during this quarantine time it's kind of some real crazy times but we're doing our best to to get through it and to keep putting content out so thanks for thanks to those of you that are hanging with us um uh thanks to to kelly to brian to peter way out there even though he's not here helping me create this put this on uh, all the all the finer points that i don't understand they get it and and uh, especially thanks to Michael for coming on, man. Uh, it's good to see your face. It's Thank you. You as well. Your voice. Um, yeah. Until next time, thank, thank you guys. And uh, don't drink and drive. Also, quarantine time. Stay inside. Mm. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Don't cough in other people's faces. You know, all those simple things. Uh, social distance the way you're supposed to. And let's get through this together so we can get out of it together. Thanks, guys. Love you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Life from the Well, full of service industry stories and cocktail history. If you like our show and want to know more, check out lifefromthewell.com. Life from the Well would also like to thank our sponsors, Scratch Distillery and Barfly Mixology Gear. Don't forget, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Join us next time for another new cocktail and guest.